Hello and welcome to the Trailbusters podcast, where we talk everything outdoors and adventures. This week, we're looking into influencers and online personalities and how they've been ex- affecting the outdoor world. Uh, yes, dear listener, you've seen them glassy-eyed, wandering down the trails, poorly equipped or over-equipped, cameras everywhere, followed by hordes of teens and other f- people. Yes, the dreaded influencers. We're going to talk about <laughs> how they've changed the outdoors and uh, what we could do about it. So this is a topic near and dear to my heart. And uh, I just spent 15 minutes scrolling through Instagram um, sampling the hiking and camping Instagram world. So I feel prepared to talk. Are you guys yes. ready? So how do you feel, Will? I, yeah. Scrolling I feel through 15 up. minutes. Of- <laughs> no, I, you know what? I, I, I'm kind of kidding. I, I don't want to be too, you know, one of the things I don't want to come across as is too judgmental. I generally, I think it's cool if people take nice photos of their outdoor adventures and stuff. But the thing that I think we're going to zoom in on is some of the bad behaviors, sort of the, the worst case, not the best case. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I think, I think there's definitely both two sides to this coin. Um, I'd, I'd like to touch on a little bit of both, but uh, to be honest, the more interesting podcast material is the problematic side. So, um, exactly. You gotta create that's the drama. probably what we're going to focus on a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've found, I've seen some, I haven't seen too many influencers on the trail because I haven't been on too many, like amazing scenic national park level stuff. I think if we were out in Banff, you'd see that a lot more. Um, or something like that, like Yosemite, like more iconic shots. But I know um, hiking around Gatineau Park, there was one time where uh, my friends and I were laughing because there was very much a, there was a couple where the boyfriend's entire job on the hike was to take photos of the girlfriend in various poses (laughs) along the way. And they kept stopping. And I think at one point there was a scenic view they actually busted out a drone to take Instagram uh, photos. Uh, yeah. And it, it was hilarious how much effort they were going through for this. Um, I mean, hopefully it worked out for their social profiles. But Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much like a full-time job for some people, right? They have to be that online personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what I don't like is sort of treating nature like a commodity or like a backdrop for your photos. So you're not there to relate to nature. You're not there to like connect or be really present. It's more like you're trying to get something out of nature. And I think it leads to some bad behaviors. Like I remember one time I was uh, in Guest Bay uh, camping there um, and it's this beautiful place, but it's also, it's so, so scenic. It's also a hot spot for this kind of like influencer type of behavior. And I remember mm-hmm. Teddy saw this bush of these beautiful, brilliant, purple flowers and it was like well you know go stand there and take a photo as one does right not um, mm-hmm. not an abnormal behavior but when i got closer i noticed that the flowers had been basically trampled uh by people doing exactly what i was doing and i had this moment of like disgust i was just like what have i become <laughs> i'm kidding that's a bit melodramatic but i was like oh i see it's ob- it's just yeah. it's like a natural thing it's a pretty shot pretty flowers right off the trail why wouldn't you but then collectively everyone doing that creates the trampled flowers and that's sucks so it's it's a tricky thing i i, I don't know the the answer because i was in the process of doing yeah. taking the same photo myself I'm, I'm not like holier than thou here but i do see the negative side really clearly yeah and i think that's definitely a big issue with this uh, you have 
you can only look get so many likes on the same backdrop as every other influencer on the designated photo spots. Yeah. Um, so which leads to this kind of one-upsmanship of like getting that next photo from the view that nobody's got before and that cool new thing that nobody's done, um, which leads to a lot of behaviors that people who are out there for hiking, I think are a lot more cognizant of leave no trace principles and sticking to the established trails to not disturb wildlife. Um, whereas people who are there just for a quick shot and, um, likes to lead for to add revenue of some sort or something like that um being very cynical uh, <laughs> they don't think of that as much right they they're there for whatever's going to look the greatest which you know exactly can lead to that those trampled flowers or um you know well well that's the thing going off the beaten trail that's more. the thing like when you go for a hike you have the trails to follow you have the maps and once you veer off of it, you don't know what you expect either. You may find um, a very nice viewpoint. You may find nothing. But the effects of it still is there, right? So mm-hmm. everyone who is trying that out, like they'll create their own marks. And it'll be, it'll be there, like regardless if you get something out of it or not. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. that, that kind of totally. sucks, to be honest, because you, you want to keep everything kind of neat and tidy for everyone else and not kind of ruin it. So, even, even beyond Will's great example of like nice looking flowers, which would be a, a poignant example because there's something that is very like appealing to look at trampled right um (laughs) beyond that even just the regular underbrush you have Mm -hmm. lots of like sticks and brush and things like that left undisturbed can create different growths for molds and um like fungi plant life like that that depend on certain kind of underbrush buildup that then feed the insect population and it like feeds into the Mm -hmm. environment as a whole Um, Mm -hmm. and even having those trails that's kind of like a halfway point of yes we really to establish that pathway we destroyed a little bit of that ecosystem in a way but it's so insignificant compared to what's around that if people stick to that trail you can experience nature see all that stuff take it in and really enjoy that um, with that minimal literal footprint being left behind like you're you're really sticking to the area we've designated as we've destroyed this this is not natural anymore yeah you can walk along this Mm -hmm. right exactly totally and i think one of the things that really comes up for me thinking about this with you guys is how our, our idea of like what nature is or should look like or what like a worthwhile or positive nature experience looks like gets warped because you see these photos of people with like really pristine brand name gear uh going to this these places that are just stunning you know probably put through filters to look even more beautiful and then you go for a backpacking trip around your neighborhood or you go for a walk in the don valley and pales in comparison there's just no comparison and i think that we need to celebrate nature that's around us. We need to see the beauty of, you know, the simple trails and the, you know, nature doesn't need to be so epic to be beautiful. Like you can look at something and appreciate beauty, even if it's not so stunning. But when you're comparing your experience to social media, 
it'll always seem not enough. And then that might encourage you to do the off trailing we're talking about or, you know, fly around to go to like more destination places and stuff. You lose that appreciation. And I think that's a real shame because there's so much beauty in nature around us. You don't need to have the big epic shots to really have an intense positive moment of awe like i don't know if you guys have had this but a a normal ho-hum trail you turn a corner and the view's pretty something about the clouds and the sky it's not like instagrammable but it's still amazing like it doesn't have to be so epic that's a that's a really good point will because i think a lot of times you're kind of persuaded by these influencers to go to these places like for example going to banff because they took a very nice shot at lake moraine um, you want to go do the same thing. So it's it's kind of crazy that um, you follow these people and you want to experience what they're experiencing. And you have like tens of thousands of people doing the same thing. So yeah. that magnitude kind of amplifies when you get to that scale. So, And if you have like multiples of influencers doing that as well, then the people who are following amplifies and that just gets to crazy numbers. Yeah, I think I think there's there's trade-offs here too because it's it's like it it's also you get the Instagram false reality that you get in every other Instagram people um f- you know faking how great their life is <laughs> and things like that with with yeah. every category of Instagram influencer it it's similar um people will go out even if you get to the exact same beautiful spot mm-hmm. um Instagram doesn't capture things like it's swelteringly hot out or there's a bunch of bugs or, you know, just the, the, those conditions. And it really sets people up for kind of the opposite of what I hope we're trying to get across with a lot of our stuff with the, um, Darwin on the trails philosophy of embracing the suck and getting ready because it's not going to be all perfect Instagrammable photos. There's going to be a lot of work to get to places, um, and, but that also makes these views uh, a much better payoff to like put in effort to get places and go through a little bit of suffering and try different things. Like it, it makes the highs so much higher when experiencing that. And I think it kind of sets people up for failure in, mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, you do also have like more people being exposed to ideas of camping and hiking and getting out there and adventuring, which is kind of one of the things we're really trying to do here too. So, I mean, we can't bash it too much. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's getting more people out there. Get crazy epic shots to to basically lure people to the places and to kind of Mm -hmm. make them aware of like, Hey, there's beauty around the corner or there's beauty in the backyard of where you are and that type of stuff. Um, yeah like hmm. at its best maybe it's a way of learning about places you want to hike nearby like for you Ethan, in a new area instagram could be a gold mine of like wow i want to go ride my motorcycle down that particular stretch of the parkway or i i want to go do this hike in my neighborhood i didn't know you know are you, you're not from around there so you're still learning so there's a lot to learn mm-hmm. so that could be at its best it's a great way of finding about that but yeah, at its worst, it creates a certain attitude towards nature that I think is ultimately kind of detrimental. Yeah, and I, I think a flip side to that too is um, exposing and bringing a lot of people out for the getting the nice picture. Also, 
I feel like there's a responsibility also that at least we try to adhere to of having the other side of the coin of like making sure people going out to enjoy nature are cognizant of things like leave no trace and preserving the beauty that they're going to enjoy for others. Uh, that kind of gets lost when you're just posting like these one-off photos or even right. a lot of like YouTube videos and things like that that are showing how beautiful these places are. I might neglect some of that stuff, which is bringing a lot of people out um, that are not only leaving the trails and things like that for better photos, but also like leaving more traces behind, yeah. leaving garbage, exactly. um, just just not being great um, outdoor citizens, I guess. Yeah. Um, and 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 then like, you know, I think about like the Scarborough Bluffs, which are these like sandy bluffs in east of Toronto. They're beautiful, but there's this issue that people climb out on these sandy bluffs to take photos, but the, they're made of literal sand. So people die all the time. And so they've had to erect all this fencing and they've had to really modify the landscape in an ugly and unfortunate way because people can't keep off of these things, you know. So it's like collect because of like a few bad actors there ends up being these like negative consequences that everyone has to deal with, like these like safety fences. And yeah. Stuff. It's, it's crazy that you brought that up because those bluffs have been eroding for so long and you never know what's going to be moving under your feet. Right. So the fences yeah. are there for your safety, but at the same time, people ignore it. They go and disturb what they want to preserve. And then, you know, bad stuff happens and then the rescue crew has to come. Oh yeah, I know. Um, there's there's similar stuff um, in around everywhere. There's like beaches down here. Um, I grew up on like going to coastal South Carolina all the time and kind of living in that area for a little while. And I know like certain times of year, there's all these uh, like those snow fences that you see on like ski areas. Mm -hmm. There's orange yeah. fences, like plasticky fences, all over the place yeah, to keep people from um, harming sea turtle nests. And they have to actually have people patrolling when the sea turtles are hatching to make sure that you're not messing with the sea turtles because so many people will come to like take photos of them and stuff. And it's really cool to watch um, and see, but it's very, very easy to mess with the life cycle of sea turtles right. with like e even well-meaning people like seeing these sea turtles struggle to get out into the water. People will like help them get out. Um, but it's kind of one of those, like, if you help them out too much, you're letting the ones that aren't ready to survive into the ocean make it into the ocean. Right. Not right. really um, helping. <laughs> you're causing yeah, more harm it's, than it's, anything. Yeah, and there's, there's, like, there's a lot of bad things that can happen when you interfere with this very delicate process of these sea turtles that nest way up on the beaches and they have like this whole journey of hatching and, and climbing down it's it's adorable to watch if you can ever get a chance to look at it without interfering right um which i've been fortunate enough a couple times to accidentally stumble upon actually but um but it's very much like you you need to have that background knowledge um to know not to interfere. Um, and I think a piece of advice maybe is if you're chasing one of these um, cool scenic events, um, if you don't know whether or not it's appropriate to do a certain thing, it's best to err on the side of caution with intervening or interfering with any kind of wildlife or nature. Like just hands off as much as you can is 
is never going to be the wrong choice. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. Um, but I, I think um, here in North Carolina, there's kind of an issue back and forth too with this of like, there are a lot of really scenic areas in the Asheville area that are almost written off in some online forums and stuff I've seen from locals of like, this is really a touristy hikey place and we want to make sure all the tourists go there and stay away from these <laughs> other trails because they're going to be polluting and all this stuff. And it's, I mean, I can see a point to it of you don't want people eroding these trails, but at the same time, you almost hit a point where there's kind of a gatekeeping aspect mm -hmm. to it of like who is allowed to use these resources. Um, and I feel like that's almost an overcorrection. I very of, much like, agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I like and, and really who has the right to be saying who can enjoy this nature? Right? Totally. Like one, one of the things that I noticed just in my own like experience around that is that it, I had this sort of judgment against car camping, which is like, I'll admit to being, that's kind of ridiculous. And it wasn't a strong judgment, mm -hmm. but I had it. Like this idea that's not really backpacking or hiking. And when I think about gatekeeping, I think about the ways in which it kind of limits our own experience because for me, being like, oh, I'm a backpacker. I don't car camp. I'm into like real backpacking or whatever. I'm yeah. actually like unnecessarily like restricting all the fun I can have because car camping is it's not worse. It's just different. And it's a lot of fun. So when we yep. gatekeep, we're also like limiting our own opportunity to experience and enjoy something like all those people saying, oh, those, you know, places aren't worth going to because there's too many like whatever people tourists or something something yeah. well now they're not going there and you know they're they're losing out really so i i think gatekeeping hurts it cuts both ways and you don't even notice it but you're 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 like making your world a little bit smaller by yeah exactly those judgments i think like it has a little bit of like elitist mentality per se like you have the experience to do the stuff that you do but you started out some point too. So at that point in time, mm -hmm. like who's gatekeeping you to get into the sport that you want to do? So, totally. So it's kind of... I, I definitely see that as as a common... I like your example there, Will, of that, the thinking, looking down on car camping. Because I know personally, I felt that way a lot growing up. And I know when I've talked to friends and stuff, uh, my family, my dad has a... Um, uh, camper trailer with air conditioning and satellite tv nice uh, and that's definitely not roughing at camping <laughs> but that is still getting out in nature yeah um, and now that i'm older and have experienced a lot more outdoor stuff like having a way to get out especially looking at it now my dad uses that as his way to get out into the country and my stepmom his wife is very much not the type of person that likes to go very long without air conditioning i mean down here i don't blame her the the heat where they camp is pretty extreme um and she loves to just sit on the couch and watch her watch tv all day but my dad uses his camper to go find a nice place to go sit by a lake and enjoy being outside while his wife sits inside in the air conditioning and enjoys her TV shows. <laughs> right. But it's still his way of getting out yeah. and enjoying stuff. And like when I come down, we do fishing. We'll go like go for walks and hikes and things like that. And I mean, it's still much more getting in into and enjoying the outdoors even if we're on a very, you know, populated lake with an air-conditioned camper to go sleep in, um, it's much more outdoors than sitting in my apartment. It's true. Yeah, it's would be the alternative. It's a compromise that satisfies everyone. It's very really rare. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like it's yeah, it's accessible. And you know, I remember kind of related to this. Like, I hike a lot in the dawn near my house because it's the closest thing I have to uh, hiking trails. Uh, and they're, they're nice hiking trails. I shouldn't even. I don't like the way they're I good. said that. Maybe. I like it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're nice. <laughs> anyway, but they recently they paved some of it, and I was at times I was like, ah, oh, damn it, like don't you know? There's not enough of this, let alone like putting a big paved trail through it. Um, but I realized that that makes it more accessible for folks that are like, um, you know, in a wheelchair or something like that. And when I think of it that way, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I want nature to be maintained and I want parks to be well-staffed and I want to have nature be accessible to everybody. I don't, you know, I, ideally if we make the big epic views accessible and, and nice, you know, the folks that are just there for the, the photos will all kind of go there and do their photos. Mm-hmm. And then that'll leave a lot of the nature for the rest of us, you know? So it's like by having enough, like we should see it as like, we all win, you know, it's, yeah. it's not like mm-hmm. if we have like good quality um, and maybe a little bit more like glamping style f- accommodations in, in certain areas, it just means that that's meeting a lot of people's needs. And then it protects in a sense nature that you know us who are more inclined to backpacking for example mm-hmm. might might be drawn to you know so it's you know like that brings up a very good memory i had at yosemite so i went for a day trip uh driving up from san francisco and stuff like that there was a trail called five mile trail that leads up to a vista point that's very nice which is exactly 4.5 miles long um and then there was also a road that actually you can drive up there so since you know I didn't have much time, tra- like you know, um, exploring around Yosemite in the in the, the base camp area, I drove up to the the Vista Point, and you can access it by the trail or you can access it by car. But either way, you get to experience the same view as someone who roughed and topped it, hiked that up, or you just nice. want to take the the Instagram picture. And it was great because you got the same view. You saw Half Dome. I was actually fortunate enough to drive up there and experience a thunderstorm out there, which was actually crazy. You see like Whoa. lightning jumping across wow, the different clouds. Really cool. And the park ranger was like, I'm going to do my evening uh, talk over by the trees over there because I don't want to get struck by lightning out in the open. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's just silly me. I'm just going to take my pictures out in the open like a tourist. And it was crazy. Like um, the lightning got really close. Um, but. No, that's a really good point, Will, that you brought up is that you're not gatekeeping. Everyone gets to see kind of the same, you get to the same point where everyone sees the same uh, view at the end of the day. But you also have the people who have the option to you know, hike up to the mountain to get to that view. Um, yeah. Whereas for me, I'm just there exploring for like a day and I want to drive up and you know save my time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like I remember reading about during the Great Depression, there was this like work, the WPA, the Work Progress Administration or something that was created to like create jobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was a ton of investment in the parks infrastructure. Like a lot of the modern US park service was built, like physically built during that time. And at, yeah. at its like heyday, it had like so much staffing you wouldn't believe it like you could go there and rent a donkey and a horse and go on like like <laughs> crazy guide let like it was so much more accessible there's so like it, it's light years ahead of anything we have now where like the the, mm-hmm. the the staffing has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk to like a bare minimum for budget cut reasons and when it was like that i mean can you imagine how 
better it would be for everybody if we had something like that where like if you're just there to have a more touristy more photo who kind of social media type of experience you could just you know have a guide lead you in on a you know pack horse you're not going to wander off there's you know it's going to keep the trails protected and then right. that leaves a lot of nature for people who want to do it the hard way like you were talking about bang that's still an option and you can even there's probably even trails you'd go that the horses and the pack horses and stuff wouldn't so anyway it just it's interesting how like it's easy to kind of individualize it and say like oh you know these influencers and i think there are problematic behaviors that we could all individually do better at like you know don't leave a trace and all the basic stuff like we talked about i also think that if we had more staffing at parks and we had like more accessible parks then maybe it would also help uh in some ways yeah I can definitely see that. I think a lot of the issues that we've talked about really come down fundamentally to an issue of education. And I think having park staff on hand to um, educate people, I, I know like down here, when you go to a park area, you're very, very rarely going to run into anyone outside of an official park office that works at the park. Um, yeah. You're going to be basically on your own, which really leaves a lot of guesswork um and i mean i think a lot of this these issues we're talking about about like going off the beaten trail like people if they hadn't taken the time to learn about this wouldn't think about i know myself in particular if if i hadn't looked into backpacking and things like that and gone into uh leave no trace principles and things like that i would have no i would have never thought of the fact that you know just walking off through the bush off the trail is hurting the environment there like it it doesn't it's not super obvious it's not intuitive mm -hmm. that like these dead leaves and sticks actually feed into the ecosystem as much as they do yeah um, mm -hmm. exactly so, so education so I, I think yeah i think having more you know park funding and people at the parks to show people around definitely will i think that's a that's a great point um I think that would be super helpful. Yeah. I think maybe to to pivot a little bit too, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was uh, some other kind of tangential areas that have the same effect um, and, and have been seeing an increase of people. A, a big area has been um, overlanding and kind of oh, yeah. adventure motorcycling. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've been seeing the same kind of uptick of there's been a lot of influencers, which has been driving a lot of people to want to go and try this stuff. There's like, I know in my apartment complex, um, I'm one of probably 15 Toyota Tacomas and I'm the only one that doesn't have some sort of off-road package <laughs> for with a tent up on the roof of the truck or the bed turned into a camping area. Um, cause as we discussed in a previous episode, I got a truck with a bed too short to do that. Um, <laughs> and even I want to do that, um, because of probably at least partially seeing all sorts of awesome Instagram posts of these trucks in these really cool places that you would have trouble getting to on foot or in a regular vehicle. Um, and there's a lot of really cool places that are designed and meant for these trucks and, um, like four wheel drive vehicles to get to. Yep. But with this influx of vehicles, there's also been an influx of like the trails are wearing down and being eroded more. And yeah, you got yeah. All these like just heavy vehicles going through and who knows what they disturb, right? You got mm. two to four ton trucks going through every day. Yeah. And, and like the, just the wear and tear on the environment 
the amount of extra, you know, fumes going out of these gas vehicles driving through these more natural areas, um, things like that. On the other hand, you have the flip side of that, though, of as more and more people get interested in things like this, I, I don't know if it affects um, hiking and overlanding quite as much as I know adventure motorcycling and like kind of trail riding motorcycling. Mm-hmm. One of the big benefits there is as more and more people come and are interested in this, uh, it's leading to more and more money being invested into trails that you can go do this on, which is That's really cool. good points. Yeah. Infrastructure. It's, it's the, it's the cool flip side of this. So, I mean, um, I think there's a whole subsection of, uh, the high side low side podcast by Revzilla. it's a motorcycle gear company uh, but they make a podcast if you're into motorcycling you've probably heard of the high side low side podcast i think it was like number three on itunes automotive podcast the other week um but they did a really good episode um i think in this last season talking about kind of the effects of they focused more on covid which i think is another uh, big impact in this similar trend of like people can't do anything else so they go outdoors um, and you see these trails being packed full of more people um, and kind of the pros and cons of that are suddenly you have these trails where you're riding on your motorcycle and you have to stop because there's someone ahead of you which is something you wouldn't have had to do like two years ago but suddenly they're a lot more packed but at the same time because so many more people are doing it there's more money being put into maintaining existing trails right opening new trails mm-hmm. Um, training places where you can go and learn how to ride better, um, racing events, which is a big thing in the motorcycling community yep. of like different areas putting on stuff. So, I mean, there's, there's always that trade off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm watching a lot of automotive YouTubing and that's like, I'm interested in automotive YouTubing and stuff like that. Like the guys who create mm-hmm. the stuff and I do see a lot of influxing and overlanding. Um, like everyone's just kind of getting into it, putting some tents on their roofs of their four by fours or trucks. And it's crazy. Like I wouldn't yeah. have known about it if it wasn't for these influencers. I already follow that do different things. So it's, it's kind of weird. Like they are starting out, um, basically going overlanding and trying to explore that realm at the same time they're telling everyone's like hey i'm doing this i'm starting out and it kind of inspires me it's like oh i want to take a look at it as well so you kind of get that mentality that cascading effect of like mm-hmm. everyone starting and then you get that everyone else starting that they influence as well yeah i think i think you see that a lot with with trends of you know you've got overlanding you've got dirt biking adventure yeah. riding um, I think the same thing can be said for like van life and <laughs> oh, camper yeah. van renovations. True. That's huge That's right now. Really it's big. taking off like crazy. Um, or even like, uh, which as you get into that, you can bleed into, I'm really big into the teardrop trailer YouTube scene and renovating old campers. Um, I know of, I have a friend who I think might have done a YouTube series. I need to look into that more um, of his own of uh they well it's it's a couple i'm friends with a a couple who bought an old school bus and converted into a camper but like that type of mentality and that type of thing of like i'm taking this and doing something to it so i can go explore in the outdoors and they i mean if they haven't already made a youtube channel on that i'm sure they would do a really well at it because they both have media backgrounds 
they're both in the I think they both work in the film industry. They live in Vancouver and they have a school bus that's been converted into a really nice looking camper. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so it's like it's, nice. it's prime social media material there. Yeah. Um, but uh one of the things but that I mean I think oh, go uh, ahead. I I think things like that are exactly the type of you know, they're really cool, they're really expire, inspiring, but they also, you know, You've got to be careful with driving a huge crowd of people into something like that mm -hmm. uh, without giving the proper education, True. I think. No, that's a yeah. really good point. I think there's some real danger there. Like I'm thinking about like off-roading, like people who take like Jeeps or jacked up trucks into like these really rough courses and people get hurt all the time doing that. And if you get a lot of like people who don't know what they're doing, um, you know, they just bought a truck and they're going to, you know, cause some damage the other yeah. thing i was thinking about too is like i i one of the, the a lot of the trails in the dawn in the summer it gets influxed with uh mountain bikers and they'll bike on these trails that aren't really mountain bike trails like they're used by mountain bikes but they weren't meant for that and they certainly aren't exclusively mountain bike trails but a lot of the mountain bikers who are only there in the during like peak summer weather I think that like i'm out of place when i'm walking my dog and I'm like this, like, I, you know, I hike these trails year round and it just pisses me off. I'm like, you, you know, you don't mm. own this place. This, this isn't, it might seem because all your buddies are biking on their mountain bikes here that this is a mountain bike trail, but you, you have to share the road. And I think people don't have the perspective because if like that you'd have, if you were doing it for longer, you don't know to be courteous to the people walking their dog or like running on those trails, you might think that they're out of place. So I think one of the things I'd like to stress to our listeners is like humility and a sense of like, if you're trying a new activity, like don't make assumptions about like, you know, should practice common decency, share the trail, like do those basic things because it's easy when you're getting into something new to, to not necessarily know the ropes and no one expects you to be perfect, but it's important to like, yeah, just be respectful, I guess, when you're like learning yeah. a new hobby. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think it comes down to empathy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you're, you're not the only one out there and you want to make sure that um, everyone else can get as much or more enjoyment out of wherever it is you're exploring and whatever it is you're doing as you are, um, which kind of, if you come out with a mentality of preserving every, like whatever it is you're enjoying for even just your next trip, um, but making sure that everyone can enjoy it. Um, it's not just you that's getting, getting joy out of it. Mm -hmm. I think we might've, we might've mentioned this, in one of the one of the previous episodes but it's kind of this fact that when you're out there on the trail doing this stuff you are the only person getting joy for your experience but the impact you have affects mm -hmm. everyone else so you really need to make sure that the the joy you're getting as great as it may be you don't want to overshadow that by the amount of people you are impacting by even the slightest amount of damage you're contributing to this environment so yeah it's it's really a matter of scale to keep in mind even something small that doesn't seem that significant to you is affecting so many other people um, and it's just something to keep in mind every time you're out there and i think if more people were to approach it with that mindset then we wouldn't have these issues that would come about and I think um, 
if we had that layer of education we've been talking about and that mindset, then all of these issues that come along with these, you know, influencers and COVID causing influx of people, uh, the negative sides kind of fade away and suddenly we just end up with more people interested in investing time and energy into the outdoors, which can only lead to good things for all of us. Exactly. Totally. Well said, Ethan. Um, well said. And I think with that, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in and listening. If you like this episode, uh, please tell a friend about us. Uh, you can find us on all of the podcasting platforms. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, leave a review. Um, if you have any feedback, send us an email at info at the trailbusters. If you have any questions or comments, we're always looking for user feedback. Uh, we're on all of the social medias, except for maybe TikTok. I'm not too sure how that works. Um, at oh, the Trailbusters. Oh, we'll get you or on the that. Trailbusters. We can get on that. Um, uh, yeah, and, and make sure to tell a friend about us, because that's the best way to share the show and kind of spread the love of the Trailbusters. Uh, and for the Trailbusters, I'm Ethan. I'm Bing. And I'm Will. And we'll see you on the trail.